0: And welcome folks to Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am one half of this week's hosting team joined with me is mr ben Frawley. how are you
1: party people what's up what's up what's up it's ben Frawley in the hizzy yeah with uh chris
0: hey, it feels kind of <laughs> empty it's like i mean well had... you know
1: I, you're co- you have a cold so i i've got I a want cold to pull you out of the water with enthusiasm
0: <laughs> um so it's like one and a half hosts tonight Um yeah oh. but it feels quiet, you know, when, when we don't have Bobby and Lynette or Josh on the podcast. So, I know. Uh, but it's take, like, it feels like we're going back. Time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because we've got important things to talk about. So um, anyway, folks, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, what Ben and I like to do is take five stories or facts or news or whatever it may be in the world of entertainment uh, and bring it to this podcast because we just like to chew up and eat up everything um, entertainment and the kicker is i have no idea what ben is going to tell me about and he has no idea what i'm going to tell him about so it should make for some interesting reactions um so yeah i can't wait because i got some i got some good stuff this week man i'm,
1: I'm too, looking dude. forward to it I'm, I'm i'm excited i was you know i i'll always miss eternally lynette and bobby even though i see them like every day or something like that uh <laughs> but um yeah tonight i i think it's gonna be full I, i'm not i'm not worried
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, man. Well, kick us off then. Kick us off.
1: Well, Chris, let's talk about some news that is – there. Might there's a lot of big news. We haven't been on the air for a couple weeks now, but uh, there's some news uh, today and the day before that is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, that is Mookie Betts traded to the Dodgers along with David Price. Mm, this yeah. is a huge story in baseball. Even if you're not a Red Sox or a Dodgers fan, we're talking one, about one of the – if not the best player in baseball. And that's not, I I don't think I'm going crazy by saying that. I mean, he was a Red Sox, a Red Sox for a long time, but, um, you know, I was just watching a CBS sports, um, kind of feed on the whole thing. And the guy said possibly even better than Mike Trout. Um, just because of the exposure. I mean, and that's hard to argue. Uh, this is a shocking story through the airways and everything. Chris, what was your initial reaction? What's going on?
0: It felt like this was the inevitable, but the, the inevitable that you didn't want to believe could ever happen, so to speak. Like we had been hearing for months that he was going to potentially be traded, especially when JD Martinez, uh, you know, opted in. Uh, and, and the Red Sox basically have basically put it out there that they can't afford to keep both those guys. And um, which is ludicrous because it's the Red Sox, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sad I, I, but at the same time, I just I just felt like I it, I knew it was coming. But I was hoping to get something back a little better than you know, basically a bag of balls with a bad back. So yeah,
1: uh, empty puck thrilled. bag.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not thrill. What did you think, man?
1: I mean, we try. Okay, so here's my thoughts. I mean, we talked a lot about last year, uh, beginning of the season, and and, and end of the season. Uh, you know, we tried the whole "let's keep everyone and bring the boys back" uh, approach, and it didn't really work out. Uh, I understand that we got to do some moving and shaking here and there, but he is the best player in baseball. I mean, when you think of him defensively and offensively, it's he's really hard to top when you look out there. Um, JD Martinez, of course, I love that guy uh, and what he brings to the club. So, I, I mean, I'm not totally worried. I think we're still a playoff caliber team. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the odds on the board at the sports book. Might have to put 10 bucks down on the Red Sox. Maybe it might be an interesting kind of, that might've made them, you know, as opposed to a top tier eight to one, 10 to one, that might be, you know, it might be a 25 to one kind of bet. I I mean, at this point we don't even have a manager yet. So I'm like, (laughs) we just traded
0: away our best player. Uh, we don't have a manager. Uh, we, we have no idea if there's any punishment coming from MLB. Um, yeah, it's 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 a mess right now. But I agree. put some put ten bucks on the Red Sox. Why not? Could get you could get you some nice stuff. but yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird time to be a Red Sox fan. I, I, I gotta tell you.
1: it's a weird time to be an MLB fan, uh, yeah, with all of the scandals. And I know that we had our cohorts on the air, and we were just kind of talking. Uh, about the, all the scandals with uh, the Astros and the Red Sox and everything, and just how I think I brought up the article about how I think it was the L.A. City Council said that they wanted the uh, the title back or the uh, title for the Dodgers.
0: Right, right. Yeah. yep.
1: Um. And just in general, what are your thoughts on the state of baseball?
0: You know, it, I feel like baseball's in a moment where they can't make they can't make a mistake that puts them behind if that makes sense like they've are they've already lost the whole America's pastime most popular sport I mean football's got that right right oh, now they, and, they
1: totally got that I mean look at the Super Bowl on Sunday uh right. you know yes big market teams I guess, I guess Kansas City is a big market team I mean Kansas is a big state <laughs> Donald Trump joke uh so uh but you know not really you know there weren't some giant teams in the Super Bowl but The ratings were in on that thing. It was a great game. Uh, Everyone was happy from all accounts. So uh, there we have it. Football just keeps rising in popularity. So is NBA is rising in popularity as well. Um, NBA is, through all their scandals, um, they have not really gotten the player's way of protesting uh, things like Black Lives Matter and Mm -hmm. uh, really working on their reputation. I think that's helping them overall, too. I think they see that. And MLB can't get out of their own way. Nope.
0: nope nope and especially today you, you hear the news that uh pete rose is now appealing his band because he's like look if you're not going to punish the astros why are you punishing me so uh <laughs> which is actually a kind of a good point
1: uh which it I'm is like, a oh good my, point I'm but I'm it's like, a oh hot mess but it's a hot mess for mlb
0: yeah
1: definitely it really it's, is i mean definitely. there's a bunch of unwritten rules and nba too but I don't know. There, there's just some things you don't do in basketball and there's some things you don't do in baseball, but apparently the Astros and the Red Sox didn't get that memo a couple of years ago.
0: So. Nope. Well, and we can thank Alex core for that one. So, um, okay. and I, I don't think he'll ever, I, I think he's going to get a lifetime ban. That, that I, that I think is coming down. So um, yeah, it's sad, but we'll see. I mean, pitchers and catchers, what they report next week. So next
1: week, that's why I bring this story up right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean I am always excited for the beginning of baseball. I got fantasy baseball coming up. Um and you know sports betting, yada yada yada. I try to yep. stay away from that place, but uh it's coming up and it's interesting to see the odds on the championship. I uh, I don't know. I still love baseball, but I know it was me and a handful a handful of friends up here if mm-hmm. that. And you know of course you and and Josh we we are baseball friend, Red Sox fans till the day we die, but Besides us, I I don't know anyone who just casually watches a baseball game. Right, right. Uh, people can casually put on the game in a bar, a football game on the bar. Um, or up here in a big kind of college market, you have uh, bars that put on um, college basketball games. Yep. You know, yep. Oh, uh, Duke or Kentucky or uh, Arizona or a big uh, Gonzaga's playing. They put it on. Uh, you go out to the casino, it's on at the sports bar. but. MLB, you gotta you gotta ask a waiter to put that on a television, and that really shows. That tells me something.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, good stuff, man, good stuff. We'll see how this season goes. Oh, season. yeah, and
1: and as far as the trade, uh, I'm not that worried about the Red Sox. We still have a great players. We have a, a bunch of young talent coming in. Um, but it's a bummer to see the best player in baseball <laughs> leave your team, no matter what.
0: That's huge, it's huge. Huge, yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Well, you brought up the Super Bowl. That's actually what I wanted to talk about next. Excellent. Um Was the Super Bowl Um good game? Uh, overall, great game. I mean, it really did come down to the fourth quarter, Uh which yeah, I great. know. I
1: thought the uh, Patriots were still going to pull it off in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's
0: waiting for Tom. Bra- I mean, Brady was there, so I, was, I know like, I saw for- that. I was like,
1: oh my god, he made the feel.
0: <laughs> I was totally waiting for him to like Tanya Harding, J- Jimmy Garoppolo, and go out there and win one for the the 49ers that was his favorite team growing up. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great game. Um, I was, I was happy for the chiefs. Uh, I was happy. I was happy for the, um, the 49ers. I feel like that's a, a franchise that it's like, Hey, it's good. It's good to see them back kind of in the limelight. So, totally. and I think they, they're, coming back.
1: Of, they're coming off They're coming off a four win season last year or yeah. two years ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So,
0: um, but let's talk about a couple things that I thought were interesting about, you know the, the outside the game so to speak mm-hmm. let's start let's start with the commercials i don't know are you a big super bowl commercial guy like you look forward to those types of things uh of course of course
1: yeah my yeah. you know i used to be in advertising my dad's in advertising of course of course
0: of course. so yeah no good commercials um ironically like i think the most memorable ones were like the tearjerker ones like google put out this really depressing one that like oh oh
1: yeah um, did you the see his voice yeah of course oh. the guy's voice we're all sitting here oh my god what's going it's on like,
0: it's like if you've ever had a grandparent it's like that that hits you right in the heart uh, well, it' like, everyone
1: oh. well Chris everyone's had a grandparent
0: well I'm just that' exactly that's what that's the point
1: gosh <laughs>
0: um, yeah no I I was like oh god my grandparents it's like, <laughs> I just remember, I remembered that they're all gone so I was like ah oh, oh. damn it so um yeah that that got me uh I, I didn't really see any ones that were like man that was hilarious uh like you you have in the past i didn't i didn't really see a lot of those but we did get some interesting trailers did you see a lot of the trailers that came out
1: i did I, I i called the uh bobby was asking me we were watching together and he was like what is the trailer that's gonna kind of shock the world uh there was a couple that were yep. great um of course black widow with a couple new footages uh footage pieces in there and then um Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was on there. Yep. Um, But the thing... Now, I don't know if you're on the same page. The thing that hit me the most, and I was clamoring for more, and I know we were not going to get more as far as the trailer anytime soon, was the appearance of a young Alex Winter in a Walmart commercial. (laughs) (laughs) I was freaking out. I wanted more young villain Ted's. And then it hit me. That's what I've been kind of... Hankering for all this time is de aging technology, in a movie like that where we can go back in time and talk to our our future uses and our past uses. It's gonna be awesome.
0: It it really is. Uh, I the I thought that was cool too. Yeah, um, I I saw that trailer for Wandavision, and that yeah. looks like the trippiest show ever.
1: Um, what's your speculation on what's going on there in that? It's
0: it's her. It's based. I think it's Scarlet Witch like tripping out. Like she's going, it's like she's trying to handle trauma in some way or another, and it's manifesting poorly, um, which is why I think they're going to jump from like these like sitcoms to sitcoms to sitcoms, uh, because she's just going through this thing, um, and I, I it's I think it's going to be dark. I really I really do. I,
1: I agree. Um, and I think I've talked about a couple book runs on here. Like House of M mm-hmm. is uh, great book and knowing in that speculation i think that's the way they're going um scarlet witch uh, a lot of things happen in the comic that don't line up of course with the movies but uh she kind of does that disassociation and creates her own alternate reality and where her father magneto is the president so they own the fox properties now so that could actually happen
0: could actually happen so um all in all i mean top gun trailer fine um Fast, the fast nine trailer I felt like well first of all, if you saw the main trailer that they released, it's like three and a half minutes long like they basically show the entire movie in the trailer uh, and so the Super Bowl one it was like two minutes long and it was like oh my god, they really are showing a lot in this movie so I, i'm I, I feel like that series has run its course. I'm not really excited about uh, that one but yeah I, I thought the trailers were okay I, there, there wasn't one that I was like, holy crap uh, because you know when you think about a lot of those holy crap trailers that we would be freaking out those movies have already come out like the star wars and the avengers um so there's not a lot on the horizon where we're you know those event movies that we we talked about
1: so yeah it was all right yeah it was okay it was it was okay um the game was great though so it was great to have a a great game the kansas city uh of kansas chiefs uh (laughs) coming back and winning in the fourth that was epic
0: now it's Uh, hilarious my my brother-in-law lives in kansas city kansas um and he was like, "Woohoo!" Um, I mean, basically, a lot of people don't know this, but like Kansas—I mean, Kansas City does cross over into both states. And uh, but like the Kansas City, Kansas, is like Staten Island to New York City. So like nobody cares about Kansas City, Kansas, um, except for Donald Trump, which I thought was hilarious. So there you go, uh, Ben. What is your number two this week, my friend?
1: Well, let's talk about uh, Marvel movies. You know, yeah. you brought that up. We're segueing right into each other's stuff. This is great. I, I, it's so weird we're connected we're connected in so many ways you know <laughs> i've been searching through this universe for I'm, I'm, uh, a, I'm gonna i'm gonna destroy your soul the next uh, one. So <laughs> oh nice um so this one uh dr strange news so uh the new dr strange movie that's supposed to come out in 2021 spring called multiverse of madness uh lost its director scott derrickson and i believe he is the uh, director of the original one who will remain on as an executive producer, Uh, the news is that it keeps, uh, the production is continuing to move on with no director. Uh, There's a lot of speculation on this movie, uh, you know, and and it's from just things I've read, there's really no real news in there. Uh, At first, they claimed it was going to be a horror movie, possibly rated R, uh, which would be very interesting, Right. but then the director came out and said, no, it's not, it's not going to be a horror movie. There will be horror elements, fantasy elements. But, it, you know, uh, I got one. I bought this great anth off of Amazon, and it's a paperback anthology of Doctor Strange comics from uh, the early 70s. Really great. I think it's called the Doctor Strange Saga or something like that. And it's a nice. big old collection for maybe like 25 bucks I got. And so I've been kind of reading up on that. Maybe some possible uh, ways they're going to go. Uh, Chris, what? Marvel properties, are you most excited for? Uh, you know, you mentioned WandaVision. Is there anyone else on the horizon? I know they did that whole big slate uh, maybe half a year ago. What's the one that you're you're still like hankering for, like some news on?
0: Uh, probably the Eternals. Uh, that's the next one that I think the Angelina Jolie and yeah. Camille Don- Don Gianni, um Richard Madden, um, because I feel like that's going to be the Iron Man of the, the next phase where that's going to be the true launching point for where we, we, where we head next. Like you got a sliver of it in captain Marvel. You got a sliver of it in not so much Spider-Man far from home. Cause I think that's really more tied to yeah, their Earth. end. But,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I think this is that movie that really is going to set the game. I think it's going to definitely impact things like guardians of the galaxy three. Um, so yeah, this, this is, that's the one movie that I'm really looking forward to, too, because I think it's going to kick off everything.
1: Yeah, Chris, uh, I'm totally on board with that statement. Uh, there's a great Marvel book out there, and it's really cheap. I got it for 5 bucks on sale somewhere. It's called uh, The Marvel Saga, and it's a collection as well. And it kind of goes through these eternal beings that are kind of outside of our realm that are oh. watching in. Uh, and I think they're going to cover a lot of that. I, I Remember in Guardians, I believe it was the first Guardians of the Galaxy, they fly into an old god's head. Yes. And they're mining for some materials in there. I think we're going to meet some people like that.
0: I hear, I've heard the same. So, and those beings are gigantic. So, um, man, that's going to be cool to see.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I, Bobby and I were talking about black widow. All right. So the black widow trailer came out and it's gotta be a prequel. Okay. Uh, because she passes, she passes in, uh, (laughs) the, uh, infinity war saga. Uh, And here, and I don't know if I've ever said this on air, but I want to to lay it down. I want to lay it down on on here. Uh, There is this great comic book run called Origins Origins of Evil, and I have the comics right here. It's about a six comic book run, and what happens in it is there are these beings called the Watchers, and we've seen them kind of have cameos. I think it was in Guardians 2 when uh, Stan Lee has a cameo with them, and they're all playing Mm -hmm. cards with him on a moon somewhere. Yes. So something happens to a Watcher where someone kills a Watcher. Now, Watchers are supposed to be out of our reach, kind of like behind the scenes. We never see them. And someone has the power to kill them. And it it comes out somewhere in the comic book run that Nick Fury gets killed. But Nick Fury is alive and he's been living on the moon for 40 years. And the Nick Fury that we know hasn't been the real Nick Fury. Wow. So I think the reason why we keep going back with Captain Marvel and Black Widow is something's going to happen with Samuel L. Jackson where uh, things are not as they appear. Mm. You know, I I think, you know, they've kind of strayed a little from like the Captain Marvel movie kind of messing up that sequence in Origins of Evil. But I think that's where we're going is that's I think that character is going to be bigger than we've ever seen or it's going to. They're going to reveal something that messes with the movies that happened previously, kind of what they did in Endgame. So I'm really excited for th- this direction. It might seem as a step back to go back to the black widow, but I think even doing a prequel or, or something like that is us kind of setting up the future for bigger things like the Eternals.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Good stuff, dude. Good stuff. All right. I'm about to blow your mind. Mm. I've been looking forward to this all week. I'm, I'm, I was hoping that, you saw this or haven't seen it. I mean, I don't know how your reaction, but, uh, we have to talk about Nicholas cage.
1: On okay. This podcast. Okay. Do you, do you know where well, I'm going with this? No, I don't. What's going oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in the cage? Oh, news? this is now this is, this is great. So wait, 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 did he get married again? And now he's singing, let's go crazy instead of no, what's going no. on.
0: It's even better, even better, even better. So, uh, again, you, you, you just got to constantly look at Nicolas Cage's IMDb and just keep hitting refresh because one of those days it's just going to you're going to see something new pop up on there. And I sure know, did enough. We,
1: didn't we just do this two weeks we ago or something? We just like did that? this two
0: weeks ago, but we already have a new movie.
1: This oh, is crazy. What is it? What is it?
0: And it might be the greatest movie of all time.
1: Of all time. The GOAT. Of all time. The Tom Brady of movies. <laughs> the movie is titled The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Okay. Hold on. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's it okay (laughs) here's the plot
0: nick cage plays a version of nick cage who's extremely broke has a terrible relationship with his daughter and really really wants to get cast in a brand new tarantino movie so he winds up taking a gig at a mexican billionaire's birthday party to earn some extra cash the two of them hit it off Start working on a movie script together, but plot twist it turns out that Cage's new best friend is actually a cartel kingpin who abducted a Mexican presidential candidate's child. Now, naturally, the CIA gets involved, and Cage winds up covertly spying on the guy on behalf of the US government, but another plot twist. Cage's ex-wife and a strange daughter wind up at the King Pains house somehow, and he maybe starts to repair his dysfunctional family, rescues the kidnap, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. um throughout the entire movie, because he's, you know, the guest at a birthday party, he's going to be playing, jumping back into his some of his most iconic roles of his career.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So we are going to see. Conor Cage again. We're gonna see God in sixty seconds. We're gonna probably see maybe raising Arizona or Mandy or you know it's it's the John it's the being John Malkovich for Nicholas Cage that we've been hoping for. Ben, your <laughs> thoughts? Uh,
1: <laughs> I I can't believe that plot that plot synopsis <laughs> kept going. It
0: kept going. They almost told, talked about the whole movie.
1: Well, that might be the first ten minutes. You imagine that all those twists happen in the first eight minutes. Oh my god! So wait, is Tarantino going to be in the movie? I don't know. He, I have no should. idea. He should. I bet you he he's would. <laughs> Tarantino loves just acting in movies. He loves it. he's like I in think he could get you know, him. yeah, he's in Destiny. Turns on the radio. He loved acting. You know, just to fund his like earlier movies. Maybe. Well, I know he doesn't need any extra cash, but maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You never know.
0: But it this movie comes out March nineteenth. 2021. So circle your calendars. Hopefully we get a Super Bowl trailer next year for the unbearable weight of massive talent.
1: Super Bowl trailer would be so epic. <laughs> that Any any Nicolas Cage movie with a Super Bowl trailer. <laughs> my gosh.
0: So there we go. There you go. That...
1: <laughs> uh, thanks, Chris. That made you my nothing. week. Just knowing that, that's <laughs> happened. The Rage Cage is out there and he's just making movies is there anyone else even close to Nicolas Cage? Just as far as humanity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think I it's... Yeah, he's operating on a whole other level.
1: At this like, point, it's not even acting. It's not even... No. He's in a different business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it's, a good point. <laughs> you know, because I... Like, I always said that, like, you know, Keanu Reeves, you know... Whatever, you know, I've heard some harsh stuff about his acting talent in some movies and stuff, but he always picks good scripts, you know what I mean? Or fun movies like him and like Mark Wahlberg. They just seem like cool dudes that, you know, you go to their house and they would put on a good movie for you. Like, oh, you want to watch a movie? Cool. And they would just know what to put on or that seems like a neat movie. Let's just put that on. And Nicolas Cage. What kind of movie? Let's say it's just you and the cage, right? Little, you know, and, and nothing crazy. We're not out raging in Vegas or something like that. We're just, he's just taking you around his hacienda. And I'm going to show you some films in my studio downstairs. And then what's, what do you think he's showing you, Chris? Is he showing one of his movies? Is he showing like, uh-huh. a, like maybe like a, like a, uh, he's like, I conceptualized a movie into stills and I drew them and I want you to check them out. Like what, what's going on? What do you, what do you think is going on? What is he going to show you? I think he
0: shows me a surveillance video that's going on like somewhere around his house. And What's, happening? Still, What's happening? Like, like I, nothing. And he's like, "That's the point. Nothing happens until we it's make brilliant. until we make things happen." <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah. You ever think <laughs> of that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or that's like the that's, that's the best speculation I've ever or heard. Or maybe
0: Chris. he t- maybe he takes me in, out back and like he's got a TV, but like the TV. Like the screen's been like hollowed out and we're just looking at the like the valley
1: of Los Angeles. Oh, and there's like a candle, there's a couple candles in there or something like that. Yeah.
0: Like and like he's like, you see how you know we've we've had the biggest screen all the time and we just never right. looked at it.
1: Like <laughs> you, ever, you ever think that, you know, sometimes you think that you're watching the TV, but maybe the TV's watching us. Oh my god.
0: So he just shows you a mirror.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's really you. <laughs>
0: Your own movie, ah, uh,
1: that's good, amazing. amazing, I love it.
0: So yeah, needless to say, looking forward to that movie.
1: The so. incredible weight of tremendous Ma- ta- massive talent, massive
0: <laughs> talent, massive talent.
1: I heard the the title is so catchy; I remembered it and everything.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right, dude. What's your number three this week?
1: Um, my number three. I watched a little of. <laughs> a uh, documentary series that's been on Netflix for a little bit. It's called The um, Evolution of Hip Hop. Yeah. Uh, I watched the – I think it's season four. It's four episodes. This this thing just needs to be more episodes. It's it's great little show. Um, and this really takes us up to late 90s, 2000s. Chris, did you check this out? I have. I haven't awesome. watched any of the new season yet, but I okay. I caught up. Yep. Really interesting. Um, it gets into – the way he breaks down this past twenty years is really interesting. Nice. Um, just really talking about the evolution of the mixtape is really mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And there is—I forget who is on the documentary, but they say that mixtapes, and you and I know them from like New York City corners from you know the '90s when we would go visit and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to the 2000s were really originated from New York City and big cities like that. You would just go down to like St. Mark's Place and there'd be all these mixtapes, cassettes, and then they turned turn into CDs and everything. And they said mixtapes were, there's only two types of mixtapes, mixtapes pre-50 Cent and post-50 Cent. Mm. And they really give him that much credit of changing the mixtape game as a genre. And I didn't realize this, that really him coming out Him and his kind of like marketing style or marketing genius, he said, you know, I, you know, he came out with a couple singles, you know, he signed with, I forget what record company signed with for like a, like a year contract or something like a one deal, one album contract hit it, had a single, it went okay. And he's like, you know what? I could sell more records on my own just by printing (laughs) CDs and just selling them. And he did it. And he got the notoriety of Eminem and Dr. Dre, and that's how he is, who he is today. And it was fascinating, and it, it got me motivated. And there's a couple great websites out there I got to promote. Um, got me motivated, and I wanted to check out um, mixtapes. I wanted to check out like famous mixtapes out there that I have never checked out. And there's this website called MixtapeTorrent.com. Huh. Um, and you can download them by torrent, or you can just direct download these things. I mean, I don't like to promote bootleg boot, bootlegging music, but it's kind of supposed to be bootleg. They're mixtapes. Right. They're not. They're not produced by a uh, studio or anything like that. And a lot of these mixtapes use other people's music. Wow. So I I download this one. Uh, by uh, I've been listening to it all all of today. Hold on, I want to get the name right. This is by the artist Fabulous. Who I know from uh, his collaboration with Nate Dogg, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's called Summertime Shootout. Great mixtape. I also uh, got these, um, this one called Wineberry Over Gold by DJ Screw. I didn't know that. He's kind of one of the first kind of uh, slowed down um, drinking drank kind of music. Really awesome stuff. Okay, nice. Um, and so, and I got like a Rick Ross mixtape. And a future mixtape called Purple Rain, really cool. And that's why I love this series because you get uh, music that you've never been exposed to. Um, right. And you know, great interviews on here. They don't get a lot of big interviews, but you know, like they don't get Kanye West on the thing, but they get a lot of producers that work with him. They, there's Ti on there. There's a lot of great um, celebrities. So, Chris, what are your um, what are your thoughts on this series? I, I think it's great.
0: I, I agree. I think it's it's fantastic. Um, It it teaches you a lot. I mean, you you know, you and I, I think, knew a good amount of hip-hop history. But, I mean, when I started watching this, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it showed me everything I didn't know. And, like, you know, things I should definitely know more about and artists I should know more about. And um, I love how they kind of break it up by almost territory. So, like... East Coast, West Coast, Dirty South, um, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis, like, you know, it's it's awesome to see them really kind of talk about how different these styles, you know, were so to speak. And so the fact that they're kind of getting into the the m era, so to speak. I mean, do they cover Limp Biscuit at all? Like, do they kind of talk about that?
1: Ah, uh, no. Oh
0: yeah. All right. Never mind. Uh, not wa- not watching it then. No. Uh... Uh,
1: how dare you, sir?
0: <laughs> Listen, if we're not going to talk about rap rock,
1: then, uh, oh. then
0: what's the point? Uh, no, but well, rap um... rock
1: started with Mr. Bungle. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everybody knows that.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I I, I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. I think if if you're missing, if 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 you watch this and you're like, oh man, I wish they talked to Dr. Draymore more or Eminem, um, you should watch this. And then switch over to HBO and watch I think it's called the Outsiders.
1: the defiant uh, ones
0: the defiant ones. Thank you because um, that really goes in depth with Dre and, and all those guys and you really do get out of that what you'd probably want in this documentary. so you yeah, combine the two if you can.
1: right yeah and and that was my thoughts and they did touch upon you know, uh m&m 50 cent and stuff and yeah if you want dr dre watch that Dr. Dre. they cover everything and even in the, <laughs> the the defiant ones dre's like yeah i'm doing this thing because uh this is probably the last thing i'll ever be interviewed for because i'm all done with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there you he's, go
1: he's a billionaire he's like yeah i don't need to do this anymore i'm, I'm good i'm good i'm all so. good
0: Good stuff, man. Yeah, I can't watch. I can't wait to watch that. That's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be and
1: awesome. I, yeah, no, you know, of course it's and no spoilers or anything like that. It's just, it's a great show. You know yeah. what I mean? And and so I tried not to spoil a lot because I love just going into and and I didn't touch upon like even one tenth of all the things they covered in the show. Um, I just picked out a couple things and that. But that one website, uh, mixtapetorrent dot great little website. You can search by categories types of music types of uh what what djs have mixtapes on there awesome site uh check it out and it's all like i mean it's all bootleg of course but it's already bootleg because it's already other artists using other artists music so that's why right. they're mixtapes it's great
0: awesome good stuff man good stuff all right so for my number three uh so i spent some time out on the west coast uh last week man i don't know if i told you this i, I was there i saw i saw yeah quick jaunt out to L.A., which, by the way, uh, I need to clear something up real quick. I put on my Facebook page, I was driving by the HBO building, and I put up a photo, and I jokingly said, uh, pitching a series today about a Broadway blogger, ha-ha-ha, and there were a number of people that I think believed me. <laughs> like oh, I, thought I saw the, that. Yeah, I thought I, the I winky joking. face joking. Yeah, I thought the winky face was a good hint. of like, yeah, I get it. But there were people saying, like, good luck. <laughs> I like, no, like, and I, I try tried to, I tried to put another comment and say, "Hey, just to let you all know if this actually ever really happens, uh, I'll take you all with me." And I still don't think people got it. So, for those of you who think that I'm a much bigger deal than I actually am, thank you. But it, it's, I'm kind I did not. A big deal. I'm kind of a big deal, but not big enough to go and burst into HBO unannounced to pitch a series. So let's just put that out there. But uh, I was in LA for basically 48 hours. I, I actually got to stay. Uh, at this hotel called the Onda as West Hollywood, which used to be called the Huygen House in Hollywood. And because of this, this was if you ever watched Almost Famous the movie. Yeah. Um, you know that hotel that they're in when they go to California? All the rock stars of it?
1: And he tries to find her and she's lost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: that's the hotel. Like nice. that's they that's what they based the hotel on. Um, and so you walk in and all the wallpaper are like Classic rock stars like Hendrix and you know, um, Janis Joplin and all these people that had stayed there in the past. And I, I thankfully, because of my you know status, blah blah blah, uh, I was upgraded to a suite, uh, almost on the top floor. And I'm thinking as I'm walking through the suite, I'm thinking to myself, "Good lord, what have these walls seen?" Uh, <laughs> it's like I can't even imagine. But it's just very, very cool to be in the history, uh, like a historic building like that. Um, I finally had time to kind of explore LA. And I got to tell you, Ben, for all of our East Coast friends who have moved out there uh, for reasons or another, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. I mean, the weather is glorious. It's glorious out there, especially when you're you're going over there in January and February on the East Coast to go to Los Angeles and it's 80 degrees um, and sunny and not humid. It's like, you know, my, one of my biggest gripes with curb your enthusiasm is always makes me want to move out to Southern California, and this trip like almost kind of sealed the deal for me. I was like, I, I might not get back on the plane to go home, but uh, I had a great time. I actually did the um, I, I did the drive that uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio do at the beginning of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with their drivers. Oh, the that's
1: so awesome!
0: Um, you can actually find like their path online. Um, of like what streets they like drove on and stuff like that. So uh, for those of you who really want to experience that, those those roads, my God, they're so freaking windy. Um, like you, I don't know what they did. They probably movie magic, but like you have to go like twenty five on some of those roads because you're just they're so. If you're going thirty five to forty, you're you're spinning out.
1: So um, well, Brad Pitt's he's a stuntman. He's,
0: he's a stunt. <laughs> oh yeah, so he knows how to drift and things like that. That's so. um
1: uh,
0: But yeah, no, it made me really appreciate hollywood uh more than ever so yeah just um yeah give it up for la it was awkward being out there it's, you know five days after kobe bryant died i'll i'll definitely say that like every every stoplight there you know every billboard had a tribute and things like that so that city is is definitely hurting from that but um yeah just really cool to be out there so that's
1: you know that's all I, chris chris i got a, uh, I got a story hit me you, you ready for a story so uh years ago I went out uh, before Super Bowl Fifty to San Francisco Ooh. to uh, just join my friend John with ticket brokering and yada yada yada, and got a, kind of kind of a got a free ride out there, uh, you know, free hotel at the Westin nice. in San Francisco. What's quality? What's quality? Yeah, which yeah. is an old timey hotel. It's been fixed up, of course, uh, but lots of celebrities, yada yada yada, right? And the floor I was in. It wasn't a suite, but they had the tall ceilings. It's an old school building, like wicked tall. So I'm a tall man. So I loved like kind of being in this like tall. I mean, the ceilings had to be at least 10 foot tall, 12 foot tall, like really tall, Um, like almost playing in a a basketball court or something like it was great. So I'm staying in this room and I'm so busy just running around San Francisco. It's great. But then they have these historic photos. You know, uh, this is the Westin 1901 or pre-earthquake or post-fire and all this stuff, right? And then there was one picture I kept walking by on the way to my room. And my room was the room where Fatty Arbuckle killed a prostitute. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And I didn't realize that until like day two of sleeping in this room, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm glad this is the last night I'm staying in this freaking room." Uh, but yeah, that happened in the room I stayed
0: in. Was there like a plaque or something? Or uh,
1: yeah, or you, there was. You just
0: found out later, or
1: well, no. It, the, on this picture, it showed these like these celebrities like all hanging out and drinking, and then I was like, "Fatty Arbuckle, huh?" <laughs> There's that one story. And then uh beep boop beep boop Googled it up and I was like, Oh yeah, that happened right here at this moment, like in nineteen ten oh or God. something. Nineteen fifteen, I think it was the twenties, twenty-one. Yeah. So uh I mean, that's if you
0: believe if you believe in ghosts and spirits, man, what I wouldn't have given to have that like moment replayed spiritually in the room so you can actually see that it's like on a loop the murder oh, happening. That'd
1: be terrible. <laughs> know, it's like
0: oh very cool. I mean, I, yeah. I work in savannah georgia that has a lot of haunted buildings and, and stories like that so like yeah it's very cool to kind of be in those those rooms but wow that's crazy <laughs> that's very cool good stuff man yeah so get, definitely if you folks have the means and the time you know don't write off la uh y- yes the traffic is terrible for no reason but um it's 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 definitely worth getting out there so there you go man uh, dude what's your number four this
1: week number four uh couple uh couple stories uh, uh, a double bagger of David Lynch news. Um, oh, okay. I know now Bobby- that we have
0: two fans on this podcast, by the way. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, first of all, uh, there's a great article on the ringer about the film. What did Jack do? The 17 minute film on Netflix. Uh, Chris, <laughs> did you watch it after Bobby talked about it? No, I got
0: to I got to get on that.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> it, it's, it's good. It's so good, dude. It's okay. so good. I don't know what Bobby's talking about, and I was like, like we were watching the Super Bowl, and I'm like, hey, can we pause during this quarter so I can put on what what did Jack do? He's like, absolutely not. I go, I don't know what you were watching. I was watching a masterpiece. <laughs> oh amazing. my god, there's oh, a, there's this one point. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't want to spoil everything, but there's a, my favorite part is this monkey's being interrogated by David Lynch <laughs> himself, and uh, and. The monkey's describing how he loves he loves sex with a chicken.
0: <laughs> is the monkey like talking, or is it like making noise in their subtitles?
1: No, oh, that'd be good too. But no, they superimpose a uh, human's mouth over the monkey's face. Perfect, even yeah. better. <laughs> and he's talking about, I don't care <laughs> if you judge me. <laughs> the second you get your hands under their feathers and touch those sepal breasts, it's out of control. It's out of control. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's like... one of the most wild things ever. But anyway, <laughs> there's another – the reason why I bring that up is there's another story. A new Elephant Man film in the works from Black Swan producers. Okay. Is so, Darren
0: Ardolfsky directing it or –
1: no, just the producers of Black Swan, but um, around uh, what did Jack do with this news, they are releasing a new, also a new uh, print of the Elephant Man. Oh,
0: the uh, original.
1: Uh, of the original, which is, of course, directed by David Lynch. And if you've never seen that, you know, whatever your thoughts are on David Lynch and his style, that is an amazing movie. It's a masterpiece. That, it, it really is a masterpiece. It's, yeah. it's well done, and it's a perfect film for him it's Mm -hmm. you know there's some movies and i would love to see you know he's getting older now of course um but i love when directors of his style end up doing something that isn't typical Mm -hmm. you know whether it be darren aronofsky doing um the wrestler or you know David Lynch doing Elephant Man, where they take their style and their focus on life, and they bring it to the forefront. It, it's that it's the reason why Elephant Man is what it is. You know, coming off a Racerhead, this wild experimental experimental movie, uh, he directs Elephant Man, and it's a masterpiece. And so, I don't know. I need you to watch. What did Jack do? And just, and then we'll talk about the state of Lynch. Are, are you bummed out that he's that these this generation of filmmakers is getting older like Scorsese and Lynch and we, we probably aren't going to see a lot of if any films by them
0: I think it's it's sad that a that's happening and B I think the younger generation is becoming less knowledgeable of their work you know when we were growing up taxi driver um, you know blue velvet I mean these are movies, you know definitely Twin Peaks these were pop culture events like they were staples. Uh, of a generation. And I think the younger generation, you say Blue Velvet, they're like, what? Or like Twin Peaks, you're like, oh, the Netflix show. And you're like, no, yes, but no. <laughs> and like, um, I had, I mean, here's a great example. I was, you know, I, I work with a lot with high school students. And, you know, I asked, I, you know, the school I work for has a film school. So I always ask these kids, what films inspired you to become a filmmaker? And very seldom, do I get a filmmaker from that generation or before them? It's usually, I get a lot of David Fincher. I get a lot of um, uh, the guy who did Birdman. um, and, and, And those are good directors. Don't get me wrong. They're great directors. But it's like, if that's the limitations of your inspiration, then... There's, that's a problem <laughs> like i know gotta... and,
1: and and fincher himself would say oh my god i'm lifting so much from david lynch or i'm oh, lifting totally. so much from scorsese or you know even uh, uh, you know even older avant-garde filmmakers like he'll will be like yeah i totally lifted that like I'm, like he would probably tell him tell you himself yeah i'm copying everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't don't follow me i'm i'm am such a cheater you know it's like it's... I, I
0: asked this one kid i was like what's the best movie you have ever seen Um, that, like, inspires you to become a filmmaker. How
1: old was he? How old was he?
0: So he's 17. He's about to be a senior in high school. (laughs) Uh, What movie do you think he picked? I'll just, you know, take a random guess.
1: I'm going to say... Well, I don't want to be mean. I was going to say Twilight, but I'm going (laughs) to say... What's something new? I'm going to say Django.
0: Uh, No, he picked Lord of the Rings. Which, don't get me wrong. I love love me some Lord of the Rings. And (laughs) I had to remember that it came out when he was probably five four or five years old but still it's like ah oh, like you couldn't no
1: Chris he was negative two
0: I was negative two I was like you really couldn't have so you didn't even get to see the original theatrical run I was like you you're working off this I was just like really that's as far back as you want to go with this but okay all right
1: great so yeah such a, such a bummer and then you know yes there are people like Aronofsky Fincher and uh oh my god I'm drunk Wes Mike.
0: Anderson. Wes uh, Anderson. E.T. K- K- Anderson. I mean. Who's the
1: guy that's coming out with Tenet? Oh, my God.
0: Oh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher oh Nolan. God.
1: I mean, there are some great directors. out. There. Don't get me wrong. I'm not such like a movie snob or a film snob that I'm like, oh, all good movies are gone and they've been released. Um, right. But there is something about style that is kind of falling by the wayside because a lot of movies don't get released to – cinema yep. unless they're superhero movies and you know uh, you heard my kind of my thoughts about movie of the year and midsummer wasn't even nominated the lighthouse wasn't even nominated for anything nope. and i think those movies and those directors and those filmmakers are going to go on and we're going to talk about those films five years from now yep we yep. really are and listen little woman little women great movie but I'm not going to rewatch it.
0: Yeah, I've seen that story before. And it actually, t- to be quite honest with you, I thought the previous movie uh, version of it was better. But that's
1: Me too. Better. Me too. Uh, I- I'm, give, uh, me, give me, be- me Wynonna
0: rider any day of the week. So
1: Yeah, exactly. That was a great <laughs> commercial. Uh, right? So, um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, that. seeing it, done it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Good stuff, man. Are we still. are we men on film? Is that what we're doing? Seen it, hated seen it, hated
0: it, hated it. Oh man, that's a callback.
1: <laughs> you like that callback? I love it. We're uh, kind of men on film on a podcast.
0: He's do, you know David Allen is doing a play in New York right now. I should probably give him a call and be like, hey, do you want to just do? <laughs> so oh, you could do.
1: You <laughs> can do Antoine Merriweather. Wasn't <laughs> 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 his name? Ant- I'm Antoine Merryweather. <laughs> I forget. I forget. forget Damon Damon Wayne's carrot. Was it Blaine? Was it Blaine Blaine. Williams or something?
0: (laughs) Just the outfits. The outfits they would wear. The little hats. Oh my.
1: (laughs) Dag's little hats. No, there was once a show called
0: The Living Color and it was perfect. (laughs) Oh, In Living Color was a perfect uh, perfect era of perfection.
1: Uh, Uh,
0: Actually, that's a good segue. It's a good segue into what I want to talk about next. It's
1: like we planned it.
0: Yeah. We definitely did. So, Ben, did you happen to see SNL a couple of weeks ago with Adam Driver? Have you watched any of that?
1: I watched a couple. I watched the. Um, I definitely watched the Star Wars. Yep. Yep. One, and I watched a couple other ones.
0: So, if you didn't see it, um, d- during his monologue, um, he the the theme of the monologue was like how tonight's going to be just kind of like a chill episode, and he just kept doing things that were like chill, so to speak. But what was peculiar was he was dragging them out. Like he would be like – he'd walk up to the camera and like put his face in the lens and then he'd walk to the audience and put a, his arm around a random audience member or something like that. Like it was very long and drawn out. And at the end of the monologue, he said, just so you know, I'm doing this because uh, there's a sketch towards the end of the show that I really don't want to do, so I'm running out the clock, so we have to cut <gasps> it. <laughs> he's no. Like, he's like No, I like,
1: missed that part.
0: <laughs> he's like – it's slightly transphobic, and I really don't feel comfortable doing it. So uh, we're just going to sit here for a couple minutes. And he looks at his watch. He goes, "Yeah, they definitely have to cut it now." All right. So we got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> it's like, Holy
1: snap! Are you about to tell me that was real?
0: <laughs> well, that's that's the debate online. Is that is did he actually run out the clock? And the thing is, nobody's talking. Like no one's confirming. And no one's denying. Like, you know, there's no one from the SNL has said, "Yeah, that was actually true. We did cut it." Um, you know, typically with after the episode's over, like they'll release some of those cut for time yeah. skits. Yeah. Um, this what they didn't do that with this one at all. Uh, so yeah, nobody knows if that was like a thing, like a, a, a gig, or um, if that was actually real. So, but it's it's quite a moment because you're like, yeah, this is dragging on for quite a bit. Oh, oh, that's why he's doing it. So. Yeah, very interesting, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if it's real, um, the the th- this was probably the last time that we've seen Iron driver post SNL because, uh, people have been banned from the show for less. But
1: oh, oh yeah, <laughs> well, well, it it reminds me of one of the weirdest times I've ever seen on television, uh, and I've never seen a rebroadcast of this. I don't know where to find it. If anyone's listening to this and they know they have a VHS copy of this, um, uh, Chris, I don't know how early you were watching Saturday Night Live, but I think my first episode that I stayed up for was Michael Jordan. Okay. Yep. With the uh, Summer's Eve commercial
0: on it. <laughs> yep. Stuart then, Smalley.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then the uh, Stuart Smalley and then the Phil Hartman uh, racist coach. <laughs> sketch. <laughs> I, <guess. You> know. <laughs> I love that sketch. Um, so great, <laughs> great show. But I think around that season or next year, Jason Patrick was on, who is one of the people that is banned for life. Him and Frank Zappa and a couple other people. Um, Elvis Costello the whole deal uh, and the reason why Jason Patrick was banned is uh, I, I don't know if I'm making this up if I, I'm remembering this wrong but there was this one sketch that Jason Patrick turned towards at the end of the sketch he turns towards the camera looks right into the camera and walks towards it and says that's not funny that's not funny at all that's not funny and they just kept repeating it and they cut to commercial
0: <laughs> wow
1: yeah, it really creeped me out as a kid. I must have been like twelve or something.
0: Interesting. Well, it's it's you. If you look up Jason Patrick SNL, like they there's like they talk about how he's banned, but yeah, they they're not bringing up the reason or they said I'm not seeing it yet what the reasons were. But me too. Um, yeah, I've
1: watched those videos and I've they've never shown the clip. I've googled like the clip and I can't find it. So it must have just aired because I don't even think they rebroadcast because it really wasn't a popular episode. I mean, I think he was promoting Speed 2 or something oh, like that. Oh, um, yeah, so it didn't go over. So they I don't even think they rebroadcast that episode on Comedy Central when they did the rehash. So a lot of the YouTube clips are from that. Even like the, you yeah. know, the musical – you know, the, the awesomest musical guests that they haven't rebroadcast or re-released to DVD or whatever, like Faith No More or anything, that's the only way you can see those is when they rebroadcast them on Comedy Central and someone bootlegs them up to YouTube. Uh, wow. So I've never re-seen that scene, but I swear that happened. I was over my friend Ben's and we were playing Desert Strike and then we hit pause and then we <laughs> turned off the Genesis and went to Saturday Night Live. I swear to God it happened.
0: Amazing amazing wow good stuff dude good stuff all right what's your uh what's your number five this week oh my god we're already,
1: already at five already already five um so oh chris you know what? I, I totally forgot i watched the show that i've been talking up and it, it doesn't happen a lot where a show meets expectations nowadays okay. um you know when i was excited for the Watchmen, we talked about how great that show was and how it really met our expectations and almost uh, kept going past our expectations as the show went on. But another show that I saw a preview of at Comic-Con was Picard, the new CBS Star Trek show. Yeah. Um, I went out. I had a couple hours this weekend, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to reorder CBS All Access because it's the only way you can watch it. And let me tell you, this show was great, is great. Nice. Um, and they're releasing it one week at a time. Patrick Stewart, of course, is great. He's executive producing, and he has a big hand in the making of this. Um, and so I had some apprehensions, of course. Patrick Stewart, of, of course, is getting older. Um, uh-huh. But they really use that in the show. They wow. don't. Deny the fact that he's getting older. There's actually one scene where he's running upstairs and one of the characters is like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you're, you're, you're Captain Picard. He's like, all right, <laughs> give me a second. It, it, so it's like funny. There's comic relief in there. Um, but the thing, and I'm not going to spoil the show, but the thing that's driving the show and makes it really interesting is it's almost like a murder mystery. It's huh. a detective show. Okay. And on... Star Trek TNG, one of my uh, my favorite episodes, some of my favorite episodes were when Picard and Data were um, Sherlock Holmes and Watson on the holodeck. And those are epic shows. Those are epic shows and Moriarty actually outsmarts the computer on the ship and gets free from the holodeck. It's great, great episode, great shows, great great TV. And so that's what's driving this series. Um, and th- of course there are cameos of other characters from the Picard show, but – um, you know what? They've only released two episodes, but I'm all in. I, I really need to know what's going on. There were moments in this show where I was like, Whoa, get out of here! Like, and I was shocked. Like, some characters are killed, and I'm like, Oh my god, they killed that character already! And wow.
0: just great stuff.
1: Um, I can't recommend this more. It really scratched the itch of sci fi where I forgot I was watching a science fiction show and it was more about this character that. I've known for a long time. Of course, there are Easter eggs and references to TNG. But if even if you're a casual fan and you know about Star Trek in general, and you you know you never saw every episode of TNG, you'll get this a lot. Um,
0: nice.
1: A nice, really interesting. And then Chris, one thing that's really interesting. So this is a CBS show, and someone in I think episode one drops an F bomb. <laughs> And then I was like, did I hear that right? And I was like, nah, 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 nah. And then episode two, a big F-bomb. Like like an overt F-bomb. i like, whoa. Um, so this is a broadcast show dropping an F-bomb. And it goes directly to CBS um, or CBS All Access. So it, it was on un- uncensored. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. Can't recommend the show enough. I'm only on episode two, but I'm going to keep reporting on how the state of Star Trek is. I've liked a a little bit about Discovery. I was there at that panel, but this one really scratches the edge. And I don't know if it's because – I mean, Patrick Stewart's there. Of course, I'm fanboying all over him too. Um, But um, the show itself is really interesting, making a lot of interesting choices. Um, I'm always interested in when they go into – the Federation and they start talking about Federation politics, especially among admirals and Commodores and captains. And when you get up into those politics of the prime directive, they touched upon that too, like how the scandals in Picard's past where he went against the prime directive, which are really interesting. And the reason why we love Picard is he, you know, he, he can't stand behind that. Sometimes sometimes he needs to save a bunch of people, um, which makes him a hero, but Really interesting. It's a, it's a lot of talking, but I was interested. So, Chris, are you gonna watch this? What are you gonna do? What's, what's, you know, what, what's your? <clears throat> I
0: don't. I don't have CBS access, um and I, I'm kind of waiting for them to have enough content that I feel really is worth the purchase. Like I, you know, Star Trek. I'm not a big enough trekkie to be like, oh yeah, like gotta gotta get on that. Like I'm kind of thinking like maybe there'll be another way to watch it. You know, eventually. I kind of felt the same way about the Twilight Zone. Like if the Twilight Zone buzz was like off the charts good i probably would have have got it but uh yeah haven't jumped on that that boat yet but if if this show gets better and better and better um then yeah that might it might be time to
1: to do that purchase yeah uh chris and here's here's my hot take of the day uh totally related uh so i i picked this up for 5.99 a month uh cbs all access which is cool for like football season um and su up here Because they sometimes have games on, uh, I think it's number channel five up here. So you get uh, Sunday football on CBS, which is great. You get Bills games, Jets games, whatever's regional. Nice. But um, dropped Disney Plus. Whoa. Yep. Wow. Uh, A couple couple factors in there. Gonna wait till Falcon and the Winter Soldier come out. Totally burned through uh, the Mandalorian. Watched it a couple times with Deacon and Katie and everything, Uh, and then. I was like, all right. And then another big thing is they dropped Home Alone one and two. <laughs> oh, jeez. And that was the sh- the movie that Deacon was addicted to. He would didn't want to watch any Pixar, no Disney movies. He wanted to watch Home Alone over and over. Still quotes Marvin Harry to this day. Oh, and then I was that. like, they they dropped it. And I was like, all right, we're all done with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good for you guys. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I something that. I've started to notice it's just the lack of new content. And I'm like, oh, so this was, this was the problem. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Like maybe you're dropping it for a year and then, you know, next year when Mandalorian season two and Marvel stuff actually comes out, then it'll be really, really worth it, you know, to, to get that purchase again. So uh, because they, they're still not really diving into the 20th Century Fox treasure chest yet. And, no. I'm kind of, you know, I was like waiting for them to like, you know, put all the diehards out there put all the alien movies out there and they just haven't yet. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think you're, I think you're onto something there, my man.
1: Yeah. And it was kind of a no brainer for me because I just dropped one 599 a month and picked up another 599 a month. It was kind of cool.
0: Sense. That makes sense. Good stuff, man.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, dude. All
0: right. My number five real quick. Uh, this is news that broke today, uh, being, uh, February 5th. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, we, we lost Kirk Douglas, uh, today, uh, 103 years old, by the way. And when that, when I saw articles say that Kirk Douglas had died, I was like, Oh, he was, he was still alive. Like I had no idea. He was like one of those, he was on that list of people that I was like, I did not know that they were, uh, still alive. So we lost him today, 103 years old, probably one of the last living, actors from that generation of just Hollywood golden age royalty, uh, so to speak, definitely, you know, the beginning of uh, the, the patriarch of a, quite the dynasty of actors uh, in that family. But um, he was actually one of my favorite actors, like what of that generation growing up. Cause I, you know, I just happened to see a lot of his movies. I mean, I was raised on, you know, 20,000 leagues under the sea. I, I loved, um, uh, you know uh spartacus and there was another movie and i i can't remember the name of it i i i wish i could go so i could tell you that but there's a, a movie where he loses it on this woman like he's telling her to like shut up and the 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 volume that he gets to is hmm. f- for for i guess you'd say like tastes in the 1950s and 60s of like how dramatic can you be in film like he I, he's one of the guys that like that broke through like I, I don't care like I'm bringing all my theatrical training to the screen. You're going to get everything from me and uh, and it works. It really does. So, um, yeah, sad loss. Ben, I just wanted your thoughts on, on Kirk Dulles and if, and if any memorable roles come to your mind.
1: Uh, definitely uh, Spartacus, uh, Odysseus. Uh... Paths of Glory, uh, Stanley Kubrick oh, yeah, movie. If yeah. you've never seen that, I mean, I just watched 1917, another great World War One movie. Uh, and there's not a lot of World War One movies out there, actually. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- those are the only two I can really, wow, really think of uh, besides the uh, Peter Jackson documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so. I mean, Duck Soup has some World War One scenes in it <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going out in one of those trenches unless I get in one of those big iron things that go up and down like this what is it tanks you're welcome uh so but that's about it uh that's the only war scene in duck soup uh but uh other than that that is a war that is just nasty and gross and it's hard to film and find a story and and uh, but what a great iconic actor had its own style and swagger and yeah Uh, a larger-than-life personality, and he will be missed. Definitely,
0: definitely. Uh, All right, man. So with that said, let's go YouTube it, my friend. Let's do it. Yeah,
1: baby! What do you got for me this week? Okay. Um, Got a couple things. A couple... Okay. Um, Let's start off with uh, Nerdstalgic has a great video called How the Fresh Prince Created One of the Weirdest Moments on Television History When They Fired Aunt Viv. It's a great oh yeah. Movie. Yeah, it's a it's a 9-minute video it goes through the whole history of why the original actress that played on Viv was fired and the new one brought in and how the show actually said something and broke the fourth wall and made a joke and it made it really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. It was a great video. Um but gotten to a discussion and this was uh last Thursday with a couple people and we talked about how you know, We were talking about reality TV, and I said, this might be a hot take, but I said for my money, the greatest reality TV, some of the greatest reality TV, was in the mid-2000s when VH1 and the CW had this unreal run of reality television of The Surreal Life, uh, Rock of Love, Flavor of Love, and Daisy of Love got it chris do you remember those shows i do
0: oh my gosh well let me yeah. tell you
1: let me tell you every single episode of these shows is on youtube for free
0: stop it
1: stop it and i've been rewatching them and they're better dare i say better much much better than i remember <laughs> daisy so they, of i'm on episode four of daisy of love who, um, who
0: was daisy again what was her background
1: so she was on uh, Rock of Love with Bret Michaels, and she was kind of this blonde, kind of ditzy blonde with like fake boobs woman gotcha. that, that got her own show, Daisy of Love. And you need to just Google episode one, season one, of Daisy of Love. They only did one season, and, <laughs> and they got the biggest meatheads ever. This is like definitely like calling it shot on uh, Jersey Shore. Uh-huh. So what they do is it's like The Bachelorette. You, you got The Bachelorette, which is Daisy, and you got these guys coming, these meathead, bohunk guys. And right away, you know, the producer, Ricky Rackman, is the host. And he goes, all right, guys, welcome to the house. Let's him in. And before they even get to, like, <laughs> meeting Daisy or getting to their rooms, they go right for that bar. <laughs> and they start drinking at an, an exponential rate. It's so hard that even when Daisy comes out, it's like, hi, boys, my name's Daisy. They're so intoxicated. <laughs> they can't even stand up and speak. Uh. <laughs> like, people get eliminated because they're laying on the floor. They can't even stand up. It is great television. You You can't tell me there's better television. And still, I'm laughing so hard, like at this. Show that it's got to be 2006 2005, it's so epic. Um, but the reason why we brought this up this was Bobby, uh, Katie, and I we were just talking about this. And, um, do you remember Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav? Yes, do you remember when the girl pooped on the floor? No, (laughs) (laughs) well, look up on YouTube, it's only two minutes and 52 seconds. Flavor of Love, something which is the girl's name, he called this girl something, poops on the floor. So, <laughs> blow, something poops on the floor. Two minutes, two, fifty-two seconds. You um, you, will be, you would. You would say that they faked it. If anyone could ever think of doing something like this on a reality TV show, <laughs> it is so outrageous. This oh, was man. the greatest TV ever. They. It's just about getting people intoxicated and watching them. Uh, I don't know. Just. I don't know what the point of these shows are, but just epic TV, Chris. Just epic TV. Yeah, has anything? I mean, uh, people still watch The Bachelor and stuff. Has anything? For me, no. The answer is no for me. But has for reality TV? We don't talk about reality TV a lot anymore, no. as we used to. Like in the in the two thousands with Survivor, that was where it was at. You know, Big right. Brother, Survivor. There was so many great reality shows. Uh, what's the state of reality TV for you? Are there any reality shows that you still watch?
0: No, not really. It's sad.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I watch. I, uh, could you consider Ramsey reality TV, like Gordon Ramsay shows? Yeah, you could. Um, I guess that's the one that the one I I still watch. I mean, they still do.
0: Uh, the Bachelor is still huge. I mean, I, I can't watch The Bachelor. I, I um, it, it's just like The Bachelor is like Temptation Island, but taking itself seriously. Like, I need goofiness. I need
1: like. You need this, Daisy of Love. You need to watch I Daisy of day- Love.
0: Or like I-, I, love Brooklyn, which is the offshoot of Flavor of Love. Um, or I, I love New York.
1: I love New York. Whatever her day was, yeah. She was from. She was from Utica, New York. So that's my. <laughs> that. She was right here. It was. It was epic. Living up here in Central New York was like, oh my God, they got someone from this area. It was so crazy.
0: Amazing. My favorite one. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was called Beauty and the Geek.
1: Yes. And yes. This came
0: out in two thousand five. So the the apex of of this type of television, where you put like six nerds in a house with six really gorgeous but not intelligent women and they compete in like trivia contests and like you know makeover contests so it's like they alternate and then like throughout the season like one of the couples actually kind of falls in love with each other but and you know you know the guy's kind of a plant because he's like he's actually semi-attractive and his in his nerddom is not as bad as like the other guys, so like you could just tell that that was planned. But like, uh, it it's phenomenal if you ever get a chance. It's on YouTube as well. But um, yeah,
1: wow, I remember that one. I, I definitely watched that one. And then uh, I don't know if you remember this one. It was on WB, uh, which was just cutting edge of reality TV. uh The WB Superstar. You ever watched that? And no. It was, and not the full thing is on there. There's more clips on there now as I'm looking at it. But it was a fake America's Got Talent or a fake oh. American Idol. <laughs> And where, so they had <laughs> this, this dais filled with 40 singers and they just kept moving the bad singers on to the next level, <laughs> on to the next round. And so the best was like the first couple weeks where you have these people that are actual good singers. They're like, what the hell? I'm classically trained. What the hell's going on? Oh, my God. Just... And then like the judges were a couple other like reality hosts. Like if, if you put it on, I forget who they were, but you would recognize them. And Tone Loke. And Tone Light <laughs> was, and they knew the deal. They knew what they were doing, and they would be so serious while judging. You know no what I mean? One, I woman, one woman, one uh, woman, I think her name was Chocho Cho or something like that. She sings uh, the theme to Mad Max Two. You know, <laughs> we don't need another hero. And, and this is one of my favorite moments on television. The guy, he looks into this woman's eyes, and he goes, "You know, you hit a level of intensity in this song." He goes, I don't know if you've ever been inside a Thunderdome, but it's quite an intense place, and you went there for me. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite moments. Uh,
0: well, I know what we're doing next time we get together. Uh, we, oh, we, yeah. We, we, we're going to sit down and watch <laughs> that. That's amazing. Good stuff, dude. Well, for my YouTube and, uh Ben, you know that I'm a huge advocate of casting equality and making sure that... People of all races get a chance to step into the spotlight. I've been,
1: I've been, I've been reading some articles of recent. Yeah, on
0: so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm firing on all cylinders right now. Well, in a couple of weeks, we are getting uh, Disney's uh, attempt to that. And they're releasing the live action remake of Mulan, um, and it's got an all Asian really cast.
1: Really interesting. Looks well, cool. I might actually. I don't know if I'll <laughs> take the kiddo, or I don't know what's going on. Well, know.
0: here's the thing. I I saw the trailer and. Let me let me just say this, Hollywood. While Asians certainly do want more opportunities, um, please consult with us before you do do oh. this because this movie looks terrible for, to me at least. To me. Oh um, uh,
1: really? I thought it was some kung fu stuff going on. I don't Well, know. it's it's
0: it's one of those movies where it's like they the, the animated film did everything it could not to like exploit kind of like the stereotypical you know Asian warrior film and they kind of removed a lot of the Kung Fu. They removed a lot of that stuff and they kind of inserted some cutesy characters. And and I was while I was not expecting that, um, they, they kind of eliminated some characters. They eliminated the music, which I'm okay with because the music wasn't great to begin with, but then they added like this, like mystical witch sidekick to the, the main villain, which I'm like, that's, that's not needed. Like she's a shape shifting witch. And I remember like, you know, I'm, I'm part of this Asian, um, you know, uh, actor entertainment group on Facebook, and like everybody kind of had the same reaction of like, yeah, we probably didn't need to do that, and you know, the movie doesn't need to look like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in a lot of ways. Um, so, th- the Asian community is very like, you know, we want to have opportunities, but at the same time, it's like okay. it doesn't. It just, so it doesn't what's, have to be so what's the
1: deal? So so is the problem. Kind of like the old adage, like, not every Asian knows Kung Fu kind of thing. Right,
0: exactly. Like, give us give us some, di- I mean, Parasite, great example of that. Like, The Farewell, great example of, like, meaty, awesome roles that would just happen to go to Asian people.
1: Uh, All right, well, um, hold on, hold you know? on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate first. All right, hit me. I'm gonna, I mean, it's a remake of Mulan, which has a lot of sword fighting in it, nonetheless. It has a lot of martial True. arts. The cartoon does. True. I mean, what what do you want to have happen? To not, not have sword fighting and martial arts in it?
0: Not as much as they they they're pushing it in the um, trailer. Like they well, they're you gotta pu- you
1: gotta replace the singing with and like arts
0: like like the thing is like she's not like. Oh, gosh, I can't even believe I'm breaking down. <laughs> the animated do movie I wanna, yeah, I want
1: to hear this because I like just because we have two different takes on this trailer. Right, like, I'm, I'm thinking this will be fun for me to take the kid.
0: Right. So, which, by the way. I think any kid's going to love this movie, no matter what. So, I think so. Like,
1: yeah. I, I think it borderlines on, you know, I love watching Jack Chan stuff with Deacon. You oh, know what really? I mean? so yeah, totally. I, I and, think and it's they, right up that kind of alley of, it's kind of right. cool, it's not going to be super violent, but it's still going to have kung fu in it. I don't know.
0: To me, it was like, her character is not supposed to be kind of a master of anything. Like, she's not a warrior. She just She's there because she's trying to make sure that her dad... Doesn't have to fight. There's a training montage, but you know she never becomes this like expert martial artist who can you know fly up walls and you know shoot an arrow. she a Nero, fight a like.
1: dragon or something like that?
0: No, she yeah she never flies. She never fights a dragon. Like she ends up fighting the like the Mongolian. The villain. Ma-
1: okay, the, the invader. Okay, but right, I mean if you watch that yeah, it's fight been East- like- it's been twenty five years. I right,
0: saw. <laughs> it's like, like I mean, the last time I saw it, I was making out with a girl in the theater. So like that's that's
1: boulan makeout,
0: <laughs> make makeout sessions. Um, uh, but yeah, like it just it, she's never a huge warrior. So for when they when they did this, I was like, oh, they're they're turning her into like a like a Michelle Yo badass, which I'm like, eh, it's kind of like it's over exaggeration, I guess.
1: That's so you've thing. seen it.
0: Have I seen the movie?
1: No. No, I mean, like, you've seen this before.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen, I feel like I've seen this kind of trope before. And when it's done through, like, Asian film companies that are just importing to America, that's fine. That's okay, because that's what they do. But this is, like, a Disney remake. So what I was hoping for was something a little more deep in character, like, really kind of, you know, really developing that a little bit more um, rather than just making it, like oh, now she's going to be a super, you know, because we, we're in this era where every, you know, heroine in a movie needs to be, like, an expert of everything.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I got that. You but, know, it, yeah, it was kind of like
0: my, it was kind of yeah. like criticism of, like, some of the later Die Hard films after With a Vengeance where, like, John McClane almost became, like, a superhero because, like, nothing could hurt him anymore. Right. And so, like, this, this is how I kind of feel about it, so to speak.
1: I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but I got what you're saying, but
0: but the jury's out. The jury's out. Like, I, I think it's, you know, I'll, some, I'll see some, it eventually.
1: So I've heard this before from other people, but some tropes and some things that are overused are overused for a reason. Because they work. Right. Like, I watched that movie Togo that was on Disney Plus
0: uh-huh. with
1: Willem Dafoe, the dog sledding movie. Um Great flick. Watched it with a kid. Uh, awesome. We enjoyed it. Have has there been other dog sledding movies? Yep. Has there been you know, uh, uh, was it White Fang or something with Ethan Hawke yep. or something? You know, uh, I've seen all those movies, and you know, nothing earth shattering new about this movie, uh, but we enjoyed the shit out of it. You know what I mean? They they the dog sled went over an icy lake that's breaking up. It's suspenseful. It's awesome. Teared up a little towards the end, and uh, went home wow. and had a great time. So I, I don't know. Cool. Sometimes. Sometimes, you know, we just need family entertainment and, I don't know, I think Disney is trying to find where it's at. And, you know, here I I go. Here's a take, Chris. You ready for Uh, this? Maybe. Maybe it's Marvel's fault. Mm. Maybe it's the MCU and Kevin Feige's fault. Not for making things bad, but making things so good that we're looking for something different. Right. Like, here's Doctor Strange, right? Which should be insulting even more so, you know what I mean? <laughs> like uh-huh. you have Dr. Strange going to Asia, learning Asian culture and Tilda Swinton's there. Not like, and I heard the, the critiques of the movie, but it's hard to critique a movie. That's actually pretty good.
0: Right. <laughs> You're like, all
1: right, the movie was pretty awesome. So all right, I'll give it a pass. But when the movie shit, then it's easy to critique. It's like, all right, that movie sucked and it was racist. All right. It's easier to say. So I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, it's, somehow the mcu is making it work they're making things work in a different way that makes you forgive a lot you know what i mean
0: yeah no i agree i agree so we'll see i mean i'm i'm interested but yeah no i mean i've seen them do this with like melissa finn i've seen them do it with cinderella i've seen it with snow white it's like all of a sudden like in the remakes they have to turn into these like warrior princesses and i'm like no they could just be strong women that don't have to be experts in sword fighting (laughs) like things like that oh
1: that's yeah i got what you're saying you know what i'm saying
0: so um we'll see i mean this could be incredible Um and i i'm just being a dick but well no um,
1: chris i mean we both agree on this podcast that the greatest film is coming out next year march 2021 the unbearable weight of being awesome or wherever it's (laughs) gone
0: that's 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 the bar right there and so the bar's
1: right yeah buckle up up. world
0: Good stuff, man. Well, this was good, man. This was a good this was a good week for us. Really really great subjects to be talking about. What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug?
1: Uh Oh man, cut me off guard. Uh No, well, what do you, what do you got going on now? I'll well, go.
0: I, I got a couple of new podcasts. I got a new episode of uh, the movie musical shakedown coming out uh, later this week. Uh, I've got another one with Lynette where we just basically break down Broadway con, which was last week, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll get into all the nitty gritty about that. And then just keep checking the blog. we got a lot of interesting stories to talk about. A lot of people that kind of need to be called out and uh, it's good. It, it's getting quite the response. Like literally like over the past couple of weeks, I've seen my name in like random magazines that I'm like, don't usually talk about. Like I, my, uh, I, I was mentioned in this, uh, this magazine called point magazine, which is just goes out to ballerinas. And my wife is a huge fan of that magazine. So that scored me some really amazing points. Uh, awesome! <laughs> that That's end.
1: awesome. So, so well, no, yeah. you know what? I think it's important what you do as far as that, because nothing you know, some people might view it as being hypercritical or something like that, but you're trying to help the brand of theater in general. Right. And as okay. we've seen with baseball <laughs> and, you know, Roger F. and Goodell with NFL, when scandals over envelop your entertainment product, people will stop watching, people will right. stop going. And so, you know, we need to step up. And so, you know, if Ben Vereen is getting a lifetime achievement award, that's effed up. Yeah. Screw that. And, I, and yeah, screw that. And so you know what? Because, yes, do I love the, the DVD of Pippin with William Cat? Yeah, but screw that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to watch that now just like I can't watch uh, The Usual Suspects. Thanks a lot, Kevin Spacey. So you know what I mean? Like uh, I'll try to watch it, but I'm like, ugh, I'm going to fast forward this scene. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and so what? whatever you're doing, keep up the good work, Chris. It's good Thank stuff. you, man. I appreciate um, that. I appreciate but, What do you, you got for? What's What I got going on and something, Chris, I, I want to I want your just two cents on the way out. But uh, Deacon and I, uh, we did something brand new this week. We watched our first uh, Monday Night Raw together. Ooh. Proud good, moment as a parent. Good age. Good age. Yeah. Six yeah. years old. You know, you don't want to – and I get it. I get it. There's some parents out there. I know Bill Simmons does the parent quarter. We're going to do a little parent corner at the end here. I know some parents out there with a little suspect. But if you got the right kid, right – that's if not you do, yep. right. That's not like super hyper violent and punching kids and stuff like that in the yard and stuff. Um, let me tell you, the proud moment was he was enthralled, of course, by the wrestling. Asked me all these questions: What's going on? How did how do you pin someone? What why do you have to lay down for three? Yada yada yada. I was breaking it down, but then super enthralled with the talking, with the theater of it. You know Ooh. what I mean? Well, like like wait wait why is he a bad guy? Why is this guy yelling at this guy? Wait. Why are they tag team partners and why are they fighting that? Loved it. <laughs> breaking it. He's breaking it all down. He, he was totally. And there was something like at first I had to check in. Are, are you scared? Are you okay? What's going on? You know, he got this look on his face, this like quiet look. He's like, yeah. I go, you like this? Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's going to have nightmares or something. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening. Um, But then like when the fighting started, he stood up and he started walking towards the television. He's about like two feet away from it. He's like looking at it really blank space he's like yeah yeah do it do it oh it was great it was great so (laughs) that's i can't chris i can't wait for you to have that moment with your son i'm looking forward to it yeah
0: we we quote unquote wrestle like he's like dad let's wrestle Yeah. yeah it's just like a lot of like just rolling around grappling stuff but like yeah i've showed him like really like safe matches like the hulk hogan stuff from early in the day and he's he seems into it so yeah this is gonna be a fun fun age range
1: you know what's a great, you know what's a great intro is uh, there's a great comic get off Amazon for ten bucks, it's called, um, it's it's an Andre the Giant comic. Ooh, okay. And you can read it to him, and it's a comic book form, and you kind of just break it down. Like I don't even read all the words, and I just tell tell the story of Andre the Giant. And what's really cool is like you tell him, and he's like, "Is this real?" And I was like, "Yeah, this guy was real." And it just goes through his life and growing up in France and stuff, and then you show him him in real life, and it clicks that this person was real. I mean, I still don't believe that Andre the giant was real.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Oh, right. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Good stuff this week, man. Yeah, all right. Dude. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on onstage blog network and onstageblog.com and please give us a follow on the Facebook and the Twitters and all that fun stuff because uh, we do post uh, a lot up there uh, I should probably be posting more but yeah we definitely we definitely have an active feed up there so definitely check that out uh, but Ben man thank you so much as always
1: thanks Chris you're the man
0: all right folks we'll see you right here next week on desperately seeking entertainment